Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, well, Jeremy, it's good to be back with you today, and I'm looking forward to listening to what you have to say about our topic today. You are the financial guy, so we're going to have a discussion today about getting started doing 1099 work and being a freelance CRNA. I know a lot of CRNAs do a lot of outside work outside of their regular job, and you're going to teach us how we needed to handle all that extra income that we're going to bring in being a freelance CRNA or if we want to set up our own corporation. Lots of questions about this. So I'm really looking forward to talking with you about this today. Absolutely, Sharon. This is probably one of the hottest topics that we get asked about is, you know, what do I do to become 1099, be a freelance CRNA? What are the opportunities? What are the drawbacks? And that's one of the things that we do on a daily basis. So we're hopefully going to give you some guidance today and things to think about. I do want to let everybody know that we are not giving tax advice. We're not giving financial advice here. We want you to seek your respective counsel to do that, but we are going to hit some highlights and maybe some things that you can use in your situation once you do clear that with your current advisors. Well, that sounds interesting. You know, there's a lot of questions about freelancing. Now, whenever we're talking about that, are you talking about freelancing outside of your job, which I would suspect that's the way a lot of CRNAs start out doing this. They have a regular job and then they just pick up extra work on the side. Absolutely. And there is definitely a definition there of freelancing because we get a lot of people who think freelancing are doing PRN work at the hospital. And that's really not what we're talking about. We're talking about doing 1099 work and not an extra shift of PR in at the hospital. But a lot of people do start doing it on the side. You know, maybe they're trying to save a little bit to send their kids to college. They want some vacation money. They can pick up an extra shift here and there. They're working 310s or 410s or 312s, and they're thinking, yeah, I've got a day or two a week that I could possibly do this freelancing thing. But what is this? You know, how does it work? What's the tax ramifications of it? Is it worth it? And those will all be topics that we're going to talk about today. Oh, well, that's something I need to know about also. So tell us about the different kinds of opportunities for CRNAs and the different ways that CRNAs currently work, because I know you come in contact with thousands of CRNAs all across this country. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the majority of CRNAs are still W-2 employees, and the majority are still working in the hospital environment. But statistically speaking, there's about 14% of the CRNA population, give or take, that are freelancers and are doing freelance 1099 work. So that's still a huge number when you look at, I heard you mention before, 52,000, but I think there's somewhere between 52 and 55,000 CRNAs. leaves a huge number of CRNAs there. And we're also seeing more and more possibilities for CRNAs on that 1099 side. So let me ask you a question because I hear a lot of people say I practice independently. And so when they say that, 
you know, that can have a lot of different meanings. But right. financially, a lot of people say I practice independently because they freelance. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So why would somebody want to consider freelancing? You know, Sharon, there's a lot of different reasons. You and I have been around the anesthesia community for a long time. And as you well know, this industry ebbs and flows. There are times that there's tremendous demand and we've seen times of a slowdown. In 2008, for an example, a lot of our everything freelance... Slowed everything down. slowed down. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank um, you to the banking industry. And <laughs> exactly. That's another conversation for another time. But... But yeah, we will have to have wine for that one because I know a lot of CRNAs who are still having to work because of the Absolutely. crash of 08. Well, you know, in 2008, pretty much the 1099 industry dried up and the CRNAs that were out there freelancing wanted to go back and get a W-2 job somewhere and they were just willing to work anywhere just so they could work. Now, fast forward to today in 2018, we're in a dramatically different environment for CRNAs. We're at a point that demand is extremely high for CRNAs and we're seeing lots of opportunities out there. And I think that's for a multitude of reasons. I think one, when you look at the average age of a CRNA being 50, All right, 51. Be careful. All right, Be just careful. The average, just the average. Being 50, 51 years old and, you know, half of them are going to retire in the next 10 years. You know, that's bringing upon lots of opportunities there. I think the other thing is the addition of the DMP program has slowed down a little bit for at least a year or so. Well, I think that'll start. Uh, it's 2022. All classes that go in in 2022 have to come out with their doctorate. So, yes, right. they are looking at there'll be a couple of years that our numbers will be down. Right. And then, you know, you look at the aging population, which when people age, they need more Healthcare. Healthcare and surgical procedures, and which means more anesthesia. Well, care. there's never been a better time to be a CRNA. Absolutely. And after being in this business for 26 years, I am telling you, you are absolutely right. There's never been a better time to be a CRNA. The whole healthcare arena is changing, and we are in a tsunami right now where a lot of people are realizing the value of CRNAs and what they bring to this healthcare market so absolutely and you know you look at the cost comparisons out there and again that's another topic mm -hmm. for another time but CRNAs are your lowest cost provider out there as well so with all that being said Sharon I guess what it means is that there's lots of opportunities and the reason people want these 1099 opportunities is because there's an opportunity to make more money and people have goals, objectives. They want to send their kids to college. They want to retire one day, possibly, or other objectives. They want to travel. And how do we utilize this business of anesthesia? And this is a business to get me where I want to go personally. And that's one of the things that we talk to our staff about. We talk to our clients about is we want to be able to utilize this business of anesthesia to get folks where they want to go personally. It would seem to me that there are two types of people who would kind of gravitate to this freelancing. Number one, I would assume that, and this could be totally wrong, that more male CRNAs gravitate to freelancing. It's interesting. You know, I don't know the statistics on that, but we see a mix. You know, I would say in the folks that we deal with, there's just about as many females as males. Well, that kind of mimics our population. We're about 47, 48% male. Right. 
And well, you got to think about, you know, also the characteristics of the type of folks that go into being a nurse anesthetist and they tend to be more dominant, more driven. And you, you married well one and you <laughs> married one. Absolutely. You know, the other type that I would see, I've got a good friend, Dana, and she did it because her children, she could map her schedule out to meet her children's needs at this particular point. Absolutely. And that's another reason. I mean, my wife, Sarah, you know, that's the reason that she actually went PRN in 1099 is because well, that's she wanted, she's got a nanny. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, but, but that's the whole reason is so she could be home with the kids sure. and the flexibility. That's very important. And then, you know, if I travel for meetings and so forth, you know, she has the opportunity to go with me and control her schedule. There's different types of CRNAs. You know, I always tell folks there's that CRNA that's going to go to the hospital. They're going to park in the same parking spot every day. They're going to go in at six o'clock in the morning. They're going to leave at three and they're going to, you know, that's all they want to do. And, you know, that is really the majority of the industry, as you well know, from being president of the AANA, the majority of CRNAs, that's the way they are and that's what they want. And then you've got that different CRNA that is the business owner CRNA. And those are the folks who, your Larry Hornsby's of the world, your Juan Quintana's, the guys that Jeff Caudle, Jeff Caudle, yeah, you know, guys that are out there and they're employing a lot of CRNAs and they're Jimmy running Nitz, this as a business. The list goes yeah. on, yeah. And you know that is a slim majority minority as well. And then you've got folks that are somewhere in the middle, and that's really who we're talking to today. Those folks think, well, maybe this 1099 things for me, or absolutely this 1099 thing is for me. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. Well, some people like working at a different place every day. Absolutely. So I can see the pros and the cons to that. So what are the cons to freelancing? Well, you know, I think one of them is what you just said, you know, working at a different place. You know, we hear from a lot of CRNAs. I've got to work with a different surgeon. I don't know where my drugs are. You know, I don't know where the card is. You know, I'm doing a different type of procedure every day. I'm not comfortable with that. You know, I've heard you say before, Sharon, they told me to be there at five o'clock in the morning. The surgeon didn't show up till seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that that happen is obviously a con. You know, I think another con is how do I find work? You know, am I going to go well, That's through? not a real problem right now. <laughs> not a real problem right now, but it scares a lot of CRNAs who are not used to that. You know, am I going to go through an agency? You know, where do I look for work? And then the other part of that is now you're running a business. And a lot of CRNAs are not business-minded. They haven't taken a lot of business courses, and they don't know where to get started or what the tax ramifications of being 1099 is. And, you know, I think some of that is a con for a lot of So where do you get some of that information from? Well, you know, I think some of it can come from talking to your peers, other folks in the industry that have done that. You know, obviously our business is founded upon that. You know, we help a lot of CRNAs around the country do that. I know Juan and Larry do the business of anesthesia lectures. Absolutely. And that kind of deals with a different subset of the business of anesthesia. I think they hit on this a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it's probably not the focus of that. But you know, the other things are, what are the cost considerations? Should I incorporate, you know, what are the legal fees? What about accounting fees? You know, I've got to pay X tax and, you know, how does all this fit together? And, you know, that kind of brings us to another point is, you know, 
am I really going to make more money doing this? Yeah, that's the real question. <laughs> Absolutely. It took a little while um, to get there. It did take a little while to get there. but Sounds like a lot of work. Well, you know, it, it can be. It can be a lot of work, especially if you're trying to do it all by yourself and you're not working with folks that understand what you need to be doing. But yes, you can make more money being a 1099 CRNA out there than working W-2, but it really just depends on the situation. It doesn't work for everyone. One of the first things we ask CRNAs to do is give us a list of the benefits that they have at their W-2 position. We want to equate that to an hourly rate. You know, you might be making $80, $90 an hour, but, you know, what is your 401k or 403b match? They're paying a certain percentage of your health insurance, your disability insurance. They're paying your malpractice insurance. How do you add all those benefits back in and say, what is the true hourly rate? And that's an important exercise. So what is the average dollar amount associated with benefits for most people who are um, W-2? You know, it's interesting. You know, what we have found, and Larry Hornsby, you know, does a great presentation on this, and I've listened to it, you know, a lot of He doesn't even have to say anything, and it's a great presentation. It's funny. We love the Silver Fox around. Absolutely. um, Absolutely. But yeah, in his presentation, you know, I think he says somewhere between 30 and 35%. You know, what we've typically found is about 25 to 30%. So, you know, we're probably a little low and maybe 30% is about the right number. Because where I work with Carolina Anesthesia, mine, I think, runs between 30 and 35%. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, you have to also add in the tax benefits and so forth. And now you're a business owner. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But, you know, absolutely, you can make more money. I think the median income for a 1099 CRNA was right around 230 last year, comparison to about 187 for a W-2 CRNA. So opportunities there, but you want to make sure you're setting everything out right and taking advantage of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So whenever you say that it's about 2.30, they still have to get their other benefits and things out of that 2.30? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, and there, there are things you've got to think about. You know, one of the things you've got to think about is when you're working as a W-2 CRNA, your employer is matching your FICA tax. And this is the point where a lot of our CRNA clients, their eyes start to glaze over. Mine are. There you go. I see you scratching your head, Sharon. You know, you're like, <laughs> what? What is he talking about? But the FICA tax is uh, Social Security and Medicare, and they match you 7.65%. But when you're 1099 or you're an independent contractor. You have to pay all of that. You have to pay all of that. But the portion that you pay, you also get a tax deduction for. So something to be looked at, but it's not as big an animal as a lot of people make it out to be. Okay. All right. So we're doing all of this. I'm sure there are implications for taxes. You know, you can always count on two things, death and taxes. Absolutely. There are, you know, and like we just mentioned one of those and the implication there was you could potentially be paying more self-employment tax if you're 1099 than if you're W-2, which obviously that's part of the increase in salary. But there are other opportunities there. Some of the opportunities are now you've got business expenses that you won't have as a W-2 employee. Sharon, you know, if you think about it, as a W-2 employee, what tax breaks do you really get? Well, your equipment's provided for you. Your drugs are provided for you. Your clothes are provided for you. 
That's why anesthesia is such an amazing profession. You really have no overhead um, in that regard. Right. And there aren't a lot of tax breaks. You know, some people might be able to write off their mortgage interest. Of course, this year, the standard exemption went up to $12,000 a person. If you're, you're married, that's $24,000. So before you can itemize, you've got to at least have expenses over $24,000. So when we start to look at that, you know, maybe you've got some charitable deductions. Maybe you've contributed into your 401k or 403b retirement plan. Maybe you've maxed that out. But outside of that, there's not a lot else that you can do. But when you're self-employed, there is a lot of things you can do. You know, one of those is you can have uh, business deductions. Now, those meetings that you go to and you attend, the ANA meeting, the state association meetings, those are all deductible expenses to you. Now, you don't get the money that the hospital gives you to go to those meetings. As a deduction, um, you as mean a deduction. double dip. You can double dip there. <laughs> but, you know, now you can write those expenses off. You know, another thing that you might be able to do is turn some of your personal expenses into business expenses because, you know, you're running a business now. Maybe you need a computer to run your business, right, Sharon? Right. Maybe you need a printer to print out your schedule. And those are things that you can now turn into tax deductible expenses. Your automobile, as long as you're utilizing that for business expense, going to and forth, that might be turned into a business expense. You know, we actually have folks that employ their children to help them run their business. They can go in and classify transactions in their QuickBooks. They can help them in the office because now you've got a home office Mm -hmm. that you have to have because you've got to have a place to do your administrative work as a CRNA. So a lot of opportunities that you might not have available to yourself if you're a W-2 employee. So back to our earlier comment, yes, there are some more expenses with being W-2, but a lot of times these tax benefits can help and outweigh that. Another opportunity that we see a lot with CRNAs is being able to save for retirement because now you can only save $18,500 as a maximum if you're under age 50 or $24,500. We get CRNAs that come to us and they're in bad shape for retirement. They're behind Mm -hmm. the eight ball Mm -hmm. and they go, how do we catch up? What do we need to do? Are you W-2 or are you 1099? Well, I'm W-2. Well, that means you can save, if you're over 50, 24,500. And that's not going to get you to retirement. Right. What else can we do? Well, if you were a freelancer or if you were 1099, well, now we can turn that around and you could save $55,000 in your retirement plan. And oh, by the way, if you're over age 50, you can save $61,000 a year. Nice. Yeah. So can you be a hybrid CRNA? Great question. Absolutely. And we tell folks that all the time. It's not all or nothing. You can do your 1099 gig on the side and still have your W-2 position and, and still make a lot of these things work for yourself. So Unfortunately, a lot of CRNAs think it's all or nothing, but it's not. And we encourage CRNAs to do that. Uh, don't tell Pierce that I can do this, okay? <laughs> I don't want to be working you know, W-2 trouble, and 1099. Oh, my. Jeremy, my brain is absolutely saturated right now. So how about we stop right now 
And we will continue on the next podcast with all of these little tips that you have for freelancing in CRNAs. I think what you're trying to tell me nicely, Sharon, is that I've bored you enough. I've had this told to me before, so I've recognized it. But absolutely, I think we've covered a lot today and we can end this and call this part one of tips to freelance in 1099 and we'll start up the next time with part two of this episode absolutely looking forward to it absolutely thank you everyone for joining us today on beyond the mask and i'm jeremy stanley and i'm sharon pierce thank you very much Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists. We would love for you to join us at our upcoming Regional Congress in Kenya in 2020. Dates to be announced, please visit our website at ifna-site. Coming up on a future episode of Beyond the Mask. Hey, this is Jack Kitchens with Open Source Anesthesia Electronic Medical Record. Looking forward to talk to you about our new uh, iPad-based uh, anesthesia record for CRNAs and solo and independent practice. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else that streams podcasts.